Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to The Millennial Divide, a podcast about navigating the millennial decade. We are three sisters, bookending the generation. I'm 37 and my name's Amy and I'm just scraping into this great generation. I'm Ellen, I'm 33 and I'm right in the middle. I'm Dimity, I'm the youngest member at 27 and I have lost my voice so I sound a bit like our brother. (laughs) Getting all perspectives today. (laughs) Apologise. Not part of the silent generation. (laughs) If you listened last week you'll know that joke so go back and listen. So we're up to episode three and today we'll cover a whole bunch of topics and look at it from the perspectives on the, of the different ends of the millennial generation. So we'll be talking about something that's on Dim's mind at the moment, which is should we be taking photos of kids on social media? So interesting one. We'll come to that soon. We'll talk about Gwyneth Paltrow. Do we love her or, or do we hate her? Thoughts? No? No thoughts. I'm withholding for the moment. Oh, That's the whole point of the okay. podcast, Amy. We get into it later. Oh, sorry. We, we entice Feels the listeners. And then... oh, okay, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Look, don't tune out when you hear that we're going to talk about the Australian leadership spill of the Prime Minister. We're going to have a very different perspective on this, and I think it's um, hopefully a bit different from what you've heard so far. We're going to talk about insatiable... Uh, which is the anti-recommendation this week <laughs> from <laughs> all of us. Well, mm, anyway. Oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, I'm going to ask a question today. I'm so excited. Is yeah. it a weird question? Possibly. I hope so. And with that, I won't have a rant, which is really confusing me. <laughs> because I, I did have a rant before we came on air, but that might that might be on next week. And then a new segment this week... I'm going to talk mantras. So we'll get to that in a second. So let's kick off, ladies. Off we go. Ellen. No, Dim. (laughs) Dim, tell us what's on your mind. So this week something happened that really got to me and made me furious, actually. So to give the whole story, um, my sister... You know, she's my sister. It's a podcast. Ellen and I were out for brunch with when? Um, never mind. With, okay, don't never, worry. Never mind. Yeah. It was last week. Was you this? were working. So Ellen and I were having brunch with our dad last week and we were just sitting there and all of a sudden I look over our shoulder and my niece is, um, she's just kind of wandering around the table because she will not sit still, similar to her mother and, <laughs> and aunties. And uh, she's, she was noticed, and Ellen had her back to all of this going on, I noticed that there was a woman at the table next to us who was taking a selfie of herself and my niece in the photo oh. without Ellen even being able to see it. Mm. And I cracked it, didn't I? You did a great job cracking it. Oh, yeah. what did yeah. you do? Do you mean he turned and she goes, no photos, no. <laughs> and the woman goes, oh, okay, sorry. And Dim goes, can you delete it? <gasps> oh, you're 
like a celebrity. Yeah. Did. I was like, you deleted it. You, no, no, that is not okay. You delete that photo. Wow. I was, which I appreciated because we have this endless discussion about what you put up and who takes photos. And, so, and then we had to talk to dad about it as well because he, you know, of a different generation, he was saying, okay, so what is the issue if somebody else takes a photo or if someone has it online? And, and it was. It was good to kind of articulate why we're concerned and what the boundaries are, which I think change. Well, this is what I was so interested in, Elle, is because I was furious. Mm. I was seeing red and I was so angry. And I told you, because your back was turned Mm. to the whole thing, and I told you what had happened, and you were like, yep, it happens all the time. Mm. Oh, does it? Well, not all the time, but it's happened. People People take photos photos. of of her daughter. And I wondered, I immediately was like, oh, my God, I think I overreacted. I think I might have. (laughs) Yeah. When you jumped across the table (laughs) and grabbed the woman's phone off her. (laughs) And, you know, the pending court charges that are coming. (laughs) No, no, I didn't. But I really did. I I lost my shit. (laughs) And I wondered, you know, is this actually, because I don't have kids so I don't I don't know what's normal and what's not and I have noticed there's heaps of my friends who do have um, kids who are a few years older they do put lots of photos online so Mm. because I'm so conscious of my presence online Mm. is this my perspective of it because I don't have kids is it different when you I I've really grappled with this I found it really hard because my you know, I'm not the biggest Instagrammer, but I like to post things up. And, you know, we've got a lot of our family interstate and friends overseas. And um, I like to post photos of my daughter and all of that. But it is that line of, you know, I've made sure everything's private. And I'm also in education. So that adds another layer to my privacy that I really try to shut it down. But I have, I do have a blanket rule that if anybody else is posting a photo of her that they do check with me because my concern is not so much the nice photos. Oh, I haven't been doing that. Yours Sorry. are pretty good. <laughs> Mum always checks. Mum's very good. Thank you, Mum. But I think my biggest concern is it's her digital footprint and I always keep in mind if she were a 15-year-old, would this photo be okay? Mm. And if it's, you know, even well-meaning you know, embarrassing her. Mm. You know, kids do funny things. I don't put it up because I thought, well, I wouldn't want mm. my mum to be saying mm. something about that online forever and ever. So that's kind of where I draw the line. But I know friends who have said no, no mm. photos online at all, mm. which is fine. And I know people who have posted everything online. Mm. And I follow some mummy bloggers who post if, like, if I walked down the street, I would know their child. Well, case in point, there there are a number of well-known Melbourne people mm. who, you know, who post a lot on Instagram and I've re- I've recognised their kids in yeah. the store. Really? Yep, yep from their Instagram Oh, page. I have too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm uncomfortable with that for my daughter. So mm. I, I, some people I have heard of um, will, will post but they won't put their kid's face on. Mm. So they'll obscure yep. it with a hat mm. or something, which might be a happy middle ground. Mm. But I do think a random stranger at a cafe yeah, doing selfies with your two-year-old, yeah. not cool. No, I, I wasn't happy about it. But I guess that's our different personalities. I would just kind of go... <laughs> I would have been with you on that one, Jim. I would have been jumping over there as well. I was outraged. Yeah, you. No, like... I, I, I wasn't happy about it, yeah. and I don't want random people to be taking photos of her. Okay, so at we're all, all in agreement. We're all in agreement okay. on that. Right. Yeah. No <laughs> randoms taking selfies with kids. That's good it's to creepy. know. I'm glad there is no millennial divide. <laughs> it's actually really comforting to know. 
All right, so we're good with that? Yeah. Okay. So, moving right along, on to Gwyneth Paltrow. She's our pop culture person this week. And the reason I picked her, which was a bit surprising, is that I read an article in the Sunday Life a couple of weeks ago, and that's Fairfax's magazine that unsurprisingly comes out (laughs) on a Sunday. And it just talked about her meteoric rise to wellness fame from acting. And what was really fascinating, she founded this empire called Goop, uh, she chose the name just as a little fun fact because she researched which companies were online were doing really well and she found that double O's no. do oh, very well. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, Google, oh. Facebook. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. There must be others. <laughs> that, was, that was her rationale. And it all stemmed from just her wanting to talk about stuff that she liked, which mm. is if you go deep. Just really expensive stuff. Yeah. And random things. Quite random. Yeah. Beasting facials, I think, is one of them. She's got a whole section on cosmic health. Yeah. (laughs) Which I I just loved. I love every... It's just brilliant. Anyway, so what was fascinating is it's just the haters have actually driven this huge rise in her fame. So she's had a lot of outpouring of negativity. Her, her company is now worth an estimated $250 million. Mm. This is on top of a very healthy salary she used to pull in. And she's now going and lecturing at, you know, startup events and Harvard mm. Business School and so forth on, on building this business. But what's fascinating is that she just really sticks to her guns and so she just <laughs> does not care that people have an issue with her. And I just, there's something about her that I'm just, I'm just <laughs> loving. I just think she's fabulous. I, she does not I care. agree. What I, my concern with that article was that they were talking about how on Goop they're putting things up there and saying, oh, this is great and there's this great new thing and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of it has not been proven by any evidence. Oh, that's the best bit. So Condé they don't Nast. care. Yeah, they don't care. No, get this. Condé Nast did a whole magazine for Goop. Yeah. And so Anna Wintour basically took it on as, as her project and they had to shut it down because of the fact-checking. Yeah. They didn't pass the yeah. Condé Nast <laughs> fact-checking. <laughs> they checking. So, and I just love it. She goes, well, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, oh, yeah, no, yeah, we we knew that. Yeah, beasting facials. Go for it. But that's not the one where you um, you put smoke up your vagina. Um, Oh, yeah, it's one of her recommendations. Saying how we weren't going to make this too skewed female as a podcast. Sorry, male listener. You could put smoke up your penis as well. Gender equality. It's twenty eighteen. Yeah, she. No, that was one of the things. It was like I can't remember. It's got a name, but like she recommended, just like oh, Moku. What's it meant to be to do? Cleanse it or something? Yeah, oh, cleansing. Oh. That doesn't sound. Yeah, there's a whole like she's she is very um, open minded with the female <laughs> body, and there's a few different products tailored to. Oh, women no, like there's that. a whole section. Oh, is that? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, there's a whole section. Do you know what, yeah. though? I, because in researching this, I decided to work out how inaccessible all of her products were. And literally on the front page of Goop today, there was an article saying, it was called The French Girl's Secret. It starts with skincare. <laughs> and the most expensive item on that list was perfume. And it's only $65. Oh, and so everything else they're was... bringing it down to the masses. I think they were. They did have a section under $100 or something. But equally, <laughs> equally, I... It's like I, one I, candle. Yeah, no. It's like I all I have to spend. It was. It was pretty much that. But they also had an article that looked at um, interior design for kitchens. And they had a $10,000 
$1,000 fridge. So I was like, oh, you just yeah. lost your 100 bucks for less one. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, she she is staying. I, what I like about her, and this is surprising because previously I did not like mm. this woman. I found her completely obnoxious and pretentious and completely out of touch. Mm. And she's got a kid called Apple for Christ's yeah. sake. Like, come and on. Moses. Well, Moses, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's not great. Anyway. <laughs> But what I've found is I just love how she's just going, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You guys can get stuff. This is what I'm doing. And she's got a following and she's now at 250 million. I agree. Really? Joke's on yeah. us. Yeah. I think, no, but this is the thing. As an, So I'm an occupational therapist and as an occupational therapist, we look a lot at people's like cognition and their memory and their thinking and all of those things. And one of the words that we always have to bring it back to or we often bring it back to is do they have insight? So do they are they aware of what they're doing? <laughs> And I reckon she's fucking in on the joke. She's like, <laughs> oh, she completely. She's, she's, she's making got a lot of money. So from much it. insight mm. into what she's doing, and she is. I agree with you, Amy. She's so brilliant that she even could tell the future enough to be like, mm-hmm, "You're laughing now, but in ten to fifteen years, there's going to be a podcast called The Millennial Divide, and everyone's going to be saying how much they love me." Like she got, she just knows she could predict yeah. the future. She's brilliant. Yeah, I might get onto this smoke thing. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> it's actually terrible for you. It's really unhygienic. Yeah. And it's, it, well, I mean, we do not... not have a condo nurse fact checker in here. <laughs> we just that's where I'll come. I'm not normally on the other side of you two. I normally take yeah, one on the other. That's true. But I kind of I have a belief that if you put something out there, you need to do no harm. And I do wonder if any of these one harm is making people spend a whole lot of money on things that don't work. I just think that's wrong. I you don't have to buy the smoke no. vagina. <laughs> you can if you want. You don't have to. She's not making you. No, it's true. But I just, I don't know. I just think you put out things that help build people up. But she she believes that they do. Yeah, that's true. She really does. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, on, I'm drunk. I'm drunk. <laughs> Every bit of Kool-Aid. You got the Kool-Aid. I have to. I have to. I'm on board. Uh, not Kool-Aid. It would be some type of green, vegan, organic <laughs> yeah. goo. But anyway, I've drunk it. I'm on board. All right. Group me up. All right. <laughs> Buy a couple of things from there, give them a whirl, and yeah, back me your review. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'd love that, Amy, actually. Yeah. All right. We'll give it a Can go. You do the beasting facial bully. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right, we're moving on because I'm not getting it. This is going to be a very expensive podcast. I'll just list all the things that Amy's going to buy. We make promises here. Amy will definitely buy at least half of the products. It would be worth it to see my accountant file my tax return. What is this? Like Like it's a business expense. (laughs) All right. On to more serious matters, the leadership spill. So we've done our stats and there there are a couple of you listening from outside of Melbourne, Australia, which is very exciting. Thank you. (laughs) So we'll give you a bit of context. Um, You may have heard that Australia has a new Prime Minister as of last week and this was quite a surprise to the Australian public (laughs) who did not vote for this individual (laughs) and probably many of them quite like the old person. So it was quite surprising. What's more surprising, a little fun fact for you, is that of the last 14 Prime Ministers that Australia has had, only five have been elected by the people. Mm. I'll give you another fun fact. In the entire length of time that I have been able to vote, I have never seen a Prime Minister go to full term. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. Mm-hmm. 
That is a better fun fact. <laughs> I win. And that is the case for every Australian person wow. up to the age of 31. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. So that is crazy. And Elle, yeah. talk us through a bit of the rationale <laughs> of why this oh, is I, I don't think I can talk you through the rationale because I have no idea. Oh but, yeah, well, my fun fact is this is the sixth time in 10 years we have had a new PM and their terms are normally three years so do the maths ladies oh, it doesn't my maths is not good but that doesn't feel right <laughs> so it um, started so it started with a bit of a push from one of the ministers Peter Dutton who decided to try to do a spill of the cabinet and upset the sitting Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull. So then Malcolm Turnbull said, well, if you present a petition, you know, 43 signatures that say, yes, we're happy to elect a new Prime Minister, then, you know, I'll agree for another leadership spill. They came back with 43 votes. He was so confident. He was so confident, that Peter Dutton. And unfortunately, when Cabinet voted, he was not voted in. And instead, another Liberal minister, Scott Morrison, I had to remember the name of our new PM because it's so... Yeah. Or ScoMo. ScoMo. Um, Apparently, in April of this year, they did a, a news poll and 50% of Australians had never heard of Scott Morrison. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Which, you, you know, makes sense. So we had all of this happening last week and what when I was thinking about this today and what we could kind of add to the discussion, I thought there's so much in here about Yeah. I'll be what? honest, like I feel like the whole thing kind of went over my head. I was like, What? What? When uh, we got a new PM. <laughs> like it just was so quick and so that obviously on, you know, news reports there's heaps, but it's just people, it's, it's happened so much. We're all yeah. a bit like, oh, yeah, like, who's, who's this time? Yeah. Who have we got this time? Like, it's. Uh... I just find it infuriating, and I just think there's so much going on at the moment in Australia, and there's so many people that need help. But anyway, what we what really prompted the discussion today was it was actually um, Jamila Risby's article in Nine Honey, which took a slightly different tack, which I thought was a really interesting one, which was, surprisingly, a feminist approach, and, and just what this actually means for females in parliament and there's been a news article today about it because this has all come out that julie bishop who is extremely popular and she had one of the highest approval ratings she by all intents and purposes i don't know the ins and outs of parliament but she seems to have been doing a great job as our foreign minister and is very well respected and there's been a lot going on internationally that she has seemed to step up and really you know take the front foot she only received 11 votes out of all the cabinet for the leadership, which is surprising given that she was the most popular. And apparently also today another female Liberal MP has said that she won't recontest her seat due to feeling bullied and intimidated about having to sign the petition to force the spill. And now a lot of female um, Liberal politicians are coming out saying we are all, have also felt like this for years and this is a real problem. And it just, I think Jamila's article really knocks on the head that it is so discouraging for women who want to go into politics and also leadership, I think, as a yeah. general thing. I mean, it was really interesting. I saw a piece on 7.30 report this week and it was featured two former Liberal MPs, senior women, who were just appalled and saying, why would anyone go into the Liberal Party? Why would women go into the Liberal Party? And one of them was just brilliant, goes... 
they should pull their heads in. Their mothers would be so ashamed. And I was like, that's brilliant. That's the greatest insult. (laughs) But it is true. But I'll I'll tell you what's been on my mind. I feel like I'm having a bit of an anti-feminist week (laughs) and I'll get to that later. But do you know when I was thinking about what's created the most turmoil in the last few years, Mm. it started with Julia Gillard. Yeah. If you look at where this this can't see a term out. Stabbing people in the back. Yeah. Mm. It, and look, others were involved in what she did to Kevin Rudd. Mm. And by all accounts of, of theirs, he was quite, you know, a challenging leader. But it did start with her. Oh, that's, I'm, no, you can't take that line. Why not? Because it it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't Julia Gill. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. But Julie Gillard is incredibly savvy. savvy. And <laughs> she is. She's really smart. Mm. And she, but also I think she's, she's a power fa- brokers behind her. She's a very strong female leader, I think. Mm. And she was witnessing the leadership style of someone who was elected by the people, but impossible. in a Westminster system, yeah. it doesn't matter. We elect they a still, party. The yep. Australians feel like they elect a They do, minister. but they're wrong. But regardless, <laughs> they he was leading their party really poorly from the sounds of it. So, from and that, their sounds of it. Well, I, that I've, wasn't created externally. I, before he became Prime Minister, I'm friends with a few different people who worked under him in Canberra before he was Prime Minister, and he was incredibly difficult from, the, from their accounts. He was very demanding. Demanding. He would be messaging at 3 a.m. frequently and calling and his expectations were astronomical and he wasn't a good leader to his internal party. So Julia Gillard saw this and I suppose saw an opportunity and took that opportunity. She didn't start this whole, you know, idea of taking over from from leaders. You know, this has been happening for centuries and Not in this way it hasn't been. This yeah. is very new and very Australian because even the international press, CNN and The New Yorker have both written about this oh, and they're just flabbergasted about so how, you know, it's been unfolding. I'm putting it down to our short attention spans. I think it's the iPhones. Mm. I think, <laughs> I think, Blame social media. It's the millennial Steve generation. Steve Jobs really has a lot to answer for in our Australian parliamentary system because I think people are just... You know, they get really impatient and they want change and they want it quickly and they just are electing a new leader without actually thinking about it. So Craig Laundie, who was a minister in the Turnbull government Mm. and has now, I think, left parliament entirely, who was good mates with Turnbull, basically got on 7.30 report last week and just gave it to them and said, until the generation that was around in the Uh Gillard... Mm. um, Shorten. Rudd. Shorten. Back and forth. Abbott. Turnbull. Until all those... Basically, old white men are gone. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see a change. Yeah. Mm. So I hope all those aspiring young female politicians, mm. 
just hold, hold your fire. <laughs> just wait, maybe a year or two, and then go for it. <laughs> flood, flood the joints. This is the thing with Julie Bishop. I, I th- think she's also a fantastic leader. Mm. I am so glad she is not me our too. leader because mm, I didn't want too. another female leader only coming in by yes, default. The glass true. cliff. And yes. I also, they don't deserve anyone who's got any <laughs> sense of talent. Yes. They yep. just, oh, they're, anyway, there's a great um, viral video doing the rounds at the moment about doing your effing job <laughs> and um, Google it if you haven't seen it. It's brilliant. And it, that's what they need to do. Just do your jobs, people. Right, I'm, I've had my rant. Let's move on. <laughs> Insatiable. Now, Dima, you've got here in brackets the anti-recommendation. Talk us through this. So I... Was I was originally not going to um, recommend this, but I, after having watched it, I was filled with such rage that it was impossible for me not to comment on it. So to give you a bit of backstory, Insatiable is a series, a TV series that's on, it's been released on Netflix recently. It's described as a black comedy and it's created by Lauren Gussis, who uh, she wrote for um, the series Dexter. A TV series. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know that. Yeah. And it, the it's got uh, Debbie Ryan as Patty, Patty Bledel. I think she's a Disney child star mm-hmm. or something. So basically the, the plot is that Patty, the main star, she's fat. Um, and then she gets bullied a lot because she's fat. So, you know, that makes mm-hmm. sense. And she gets her jaw punched by a homeless guy when he tries to steal her candy her chocolate and she retaliates and then he punches the in the jaw her jaw gets wide shut and she's on a thin fluid diet and she loses the heat a heap of weight and then she becomes hot everybody it's so inspiring and because she's hot now and because a lot of people were really mean to her when she was not hot because she was fat uh she wants revenge so that's basically the plot point. She's there's some stuff about her becoming a beauty queen, um, with the help of Bob Armstrong, who's played by Dallas Roberts. But honestly, that that just seems like a plot line to progress the narrative. It's not who's, actually whose wife was Alyssa Milano I too. I can't believe she's coming did a this. long way from charmed Alyssa Milano. Yeah. <laughs> um, so unsurprisingly, I think to every single person with a brain, this has drawn a lot of criticism. <laughs> being labelled as fat shaming, contributing to eating disorders and a whole bunch of awful things. Um, Before it was even launched, there was a petition Mm -hmm. on change.org with 234,000 signatures Mm -hmm. to have it banned. Um, So it's a bit late, but um, (laughs) it didn't work. Yeah, so there's a lot of feelings around it and... I have some too, but Amy, you clearly, I'm really interested to hear yours first and then I'm going to come in and shut you down. I bloody loved it. I loved it. I didn't. Oh, my God. It's just ridiculous and I cannot believe everyone's taking it so seriously. I not only watched, we only had to watch one episode as our recommendation. I watched two. You didn't. I I had so much rage oh. watching the one. I was actually cursing Dimity going, this was a why I knew this was the anti-recommendation. Why were having to, I was watching it last night going, I didn't find it funny. No. I didn't find it insightful. No. I found the acting horrendous. It's a dramedy, but it's not funny. Yeah. And I thought the message was just horrible. What did you like about <laughs> I it? I just sat there and I was giggling a little bit and then, yeah, and then um, oh. it was offensive to everybody. <laughs> 
And I was thinking, if you are taking this seriously, like I read Roxanne Gay's article mm. and, and she labelled it as lazy and insulting from start to finish. <laughs> yeah. And it's transphobic, it's homophobic, yeah. it's fatphobic. It's, yeah. and, it's and literally, it is. It it's is. all it's of those terrible, things. It's terrible. It's offensive to everybody. I know, but that just made but me don't go, discriminate. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. And then I came to a, my final sort of thought after I'd watched two episodes and I was like, freaking loving this. <laughs> I was like, does everything have to be a lesson? Do we have to have the moral high ground for everything? Can't we just have something that's stupid? Why do they have to be? What I actually found most offensive is I read an article featuring Debbie Ryan. That's her name, isn't it? Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. the main actress actress who's like a Disney star I would Mm. never heard of. Mm. Anyway... She had to do the press rounds to talk about her body dysmorphia mm. to try and quell too. some of the, you know, terrible, yeah. you know, outrage that's been sparked. And then they had to come out, and this just cracked me up, and and justify that within the writer's circle or the, the writers that they've got on the show, they had people with eating disorders. Don't worry. And I'm just like, what is wrong with the world where you have to come out and you can't just be... I mean, it, it wasn't – they were offensive to everybody. No one comes out unscathed of this show. Are you done? <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm going to watch episode three later tonight. Get ready for this. Okay, Amy. The reason that this is such an atrocious show is because for some people they have watched this and taken the message to be that if you are fat, you are the punchline and – if you are skinny, you are able to get revenge. The greatest problem with this message is that it has made a number of people feel really fucking bad about themselves. They feel embarrassed and they feel like I can't put their their experience onto them, but I know from having read a lot of articles and talked to friends who have who have watched this one of whom, Rosie Waterland, who is a friend of mine and, and did a parody against it, which is really funny. You should watch it on YouTube. <laughs> I might just do it. And I actually just asked her today, I said, did you end up watching it and what did you think? Because she did this parody before it even came out and she said, yeah, I watched it. I hoped for, you know, to, to actually enjoy it. I didn't. It was as offensive to me as mm. I expected it to be. Mm. And she is a clever, clever, smart, funny writer. Mm. It is offensive to her experience being self-labelled, she calls herself, fat, a fat woman in comedy. Mm. And the fact that it is the whole point of this show is focused on the main character's weight and nothing about who she is or what she brings or anything like that is so problematic. It just defies belief. But why does everything have to be the the good moral lesson. It Why, doesn't. And, and she's not a nice person. There's nothing about her that's particularly nice. She gets skinny and she's awful. It's true. I think for that reason this show should not exist. <laughs> it shouldn't. And instead what we should have is representation of different women that isn't called to attention. It's not a thing. It's not a, oh, look, she's fat. Look, she's skinny. Look, she's Asian. Look, she's black. But it's, it's just look, he's gay. Are. Look, he's... Uh... I think, Amy, though, your perspective on this comes from a really educated perspective where you have knowledge that this is farcical and that it's ridiculous. Mm. I think the majority of the population won't have that 
awareness and insight. Good occupational therapy. (laughs) I just think also... And it's hurting people's feelings, Amy. Like, so don't watch it. So don't make it because it's, (laughs) it's making people feel bad about themselves. A lot of different kinds of people. And... I think that all of us even talking right now can't ex- can't begin to imagine the experiences of people who have been bullied and who have mm. been put down and who have been made to feel really, really inadequate. And it's outrageous that a show could come along and try and make light of it. Yeah. I, I don't got think a point. That that's you, fair. You do have a point. And it's I, not fair. I, and I think there's it, enough things out there that can be inclusive and funny and silly and stupid. You know, like, look at the remarkable Kimmy Schmidt. That's silly. Like, 30 Rock, it's silly. It's not, you know, there's some highbrow in there, which is what keeps you, you know, they're geniuses. They're both Tina Fey. Um, You know, she's a genius. But it's also you can sit there and just go, this is stupid. Yeah, you're right. It's you no know, mean girls. I'll it's give it not, that. Yeah, you know, I think you can do it in a sensitive, silly, stupid. It doesn't all have to, I agree, it doesn't have to be highbrow. So, yeah. All right. I, I just think Kristen Bell always says lead with kindness and this yeah, does not at all yeah. lead with kindness to anybody. Mm. Okay, I'll watch episode three quietly. <laughs> God, you make me mad. All right, moving right along. So, Dim, you've been booted from your question this week. Really sorry. I'm taking some time out after that last segment, honestly. I'm going to simmer down a little You had the rant. <laughs> you did have the rant. Good on you. Oh. Let it out. Do you guys suck? I'm so patronising too. Oh, poor Dim. Okay, so I've got a question because this came up um, during the week and now I'm I'm all wrapped with confusion because I... I, I don't know if I am a millennial. What? I, I think I might be a... We don't have another sister. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might be a zennial. Oh. A zennial. What's that? They're on the cusp and they're, they're between the late 70s, early 80s and they're, they're, both, they're born with both a healthy portion of Gen X grunge cynicism... <laughs> Well, yeah. And a dash of the unbridled, unbridled optimism of the millennials. And what? so you're you're an optimistic cynic. Yeah, that's <laughs> grungy. Yeah, well, I don't really. Well, you like don't really grunge, no, but grunge. I'll go with the optimistic cynic. <laughs> and then I was thinking, looking at this, I'm like, oh, I think I might be a zennial. And Ooh. does that mean I'm out of the club? Do, do I have to get booted from the well, podcast? Seeing as we've never heard of it, I would like some data on how often this term zennial is being used. Well, and who by? It was so my partner Adrian sent me all of this because he's been trying to tell me for a long time that I'm not a millennial and that I am in fact a gen. X, which He's just trying to get you into his category. Yes, and he sent me a number of articles verifying that actually millennials started from the year after I was born Ooh. and that the oh. whole term was the, yeah was coined by these advertisers who, uh, yeah, I know, it's disappointing. He went real. He went real deep. And that prompted me to start to think, am I not a millennial? Ooh. And then a girlfriend sent me a little text going, oh, loving the podcast. Thanks, Jen, <laughs> if you're listening. And, oh, can you talk about zennials? And I was like, what, what's yeah. a zennial? Googled it and, and went, oh, my oh, God, it's me. It's me. <laughs> so what do you reckon? Can I stick around or not? You can stick around. Because... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that because you're still watching Insatiable? Still. 
upset about Insatiable. If you a millennial wouldn't watch Insatiable. <laughs> a millennial okay. would hate Insatiable. I think I can you buy can be myself part of our club <laughs> if you can say that Insatiable is offensive to everybody. I think I can buy myself in because you know how I had I was not on board with The Bachelor last week. Oh yeah. Well, I also went back and watched one of those. <laughs> so I think I'm losing my mind. I blame the pregnancy. <laughs> the baby's making me do it. The baby oh, made me do it. Honey badger, I'm on board. <laughs> I know it's good. Yeah, it's, it's really easy good. watching. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, Amy, I think you're absolutely part. Of, like this is the thing. I thought you were a Gen Y. Uh, that's gone now. Is yeah. that yeah, not a thing? I thought I was a Gen Y. And now I'm a They're millennial. Done. Now you're a yeah. millennial. So look, it's a transient term. People go in and out. We can call you whatever we want, but you're our sister at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm still in. Okay, thanks, guys. New one for everyone. I've got a mantra, L. Tell us, talk us. Well, actually, Dim, this was your idea, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think this is actually um, a very good representation of me being on the younger side of the millennial and not at all a zen- zenelial. What is it? <laughs> Zenial. 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 Anyway, Zenial. <laughs> Are you You're in Zenial? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and I am um, prolific on the Instagrams and I really <laughs> – get inspired by quotes, inspirational quotes that they put up. So (laughs) I particularly, I really love to hear what different people really live by, I guess, what they, what they follow and, and the kinds of things that they kind of chant to themselves without (laughs) even knowing that it's a proper mantra. So I suggested that we talk about it because, you know, if only for me to feel a little bit inspired each week, (laughs) I thought it might be a good thing and lead with kindness. Mm. <laughs> and this is leading with kindness. I love, I love Kristen Bell. I love, I love when she said that too. Yeah, I agree. That is a nice one. Yeah. I, I do like I knew I would get you with that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Fine. She's a good egg. She is a good egg. I do like the good life. <laughs> That's another one. Okay. Yeah. I'm coming back. <laughs> Don't hate me. I've really had an anti-feminist week. <laughs> so I decided to take this one because I do, my husband and I have one that we both live by. And it kind of, you know, works with our relationship but also friendships and family and everything. I don't know if I've ever said it to you guys, but it is something that I keep coming back to. And the mantra that – mantra sounds so, you know, Oprah. Mm-hmm. And you know but, how it sounds like? GP. <laughs> <laughs> Gwenny. Oh, 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 no, now I'm coming up. We're all going different ways. <laughs> um, but the mantra that we live by is assume good intentions. And what I have found to be really important about that is it's just changed your perspective on when an event happens to you, normally by another person. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm a bit naive maybe and, you know, trying to be too Pollyanna. But I was listening to Oprah today, Oprah's Ooh. Super Souls, with Gloria Steinem. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was a really good yeah, one. Yeah, it was a great one. It's great. Mm. If anyone, after you finish this one, <laughs> yeah. if you need a good one, it's a good yeah, one. It's a goodie. And what she said, which I just found so lovely, and it kind of goes with this, is she said, you know, that she thinks people either see the world as a friendly place or an unfriendly place. And that's kind of the way that I view this. You know, when you're assuming good intentions, intentions you're assuming that the place – that you live in is friendly, that people you live with are friendly. Mm. And we had a really good example of this. It was a couple of years ago and my husband Dan and I were walking, I think it was into a church, and um, we were heading in and he just kind of leaned over to me and he said, oh, don't forget to turn off your phone. And I said, oh, yeah, thanks, babe, no worries. Yep, I've already done it. And we had a couple of women next to us and they said, oh, my gosh, if that 
that was me, I would have said to my husband, of course I've turned off my bloody phone. What do you think? I'm an idiot. You know, I'm going into the church. Why would I leave my phone on? And, you know, they would have really ramped up, whereas my reaction was I assumed the best of intentions. And he knows you don't go to church. He knows I don't go to church. (laughs) That I go with his family. (laughs) But I do know what the church etiquette. (laughs) Um, I watch TV shows about churches. I know. I went during school. But, you know, I assumed the best of intentions. And that he was doing it because he didn't want me to be embarrassed in case the phone rang and, you know, that he was just reminding me and I took it that way. And so we prevented a blow up when Mm -hmm. I think so often people say things and if you take bad intentions, you see the worst in people and you go, oh, well, why would they say that to me? So, Mm. yeah, I mean, what do you think about it? Uh, I love that one. I think Mm. a good mantra can't be (laughs) underestimated and I think that's a really nice one and I think it's a nice way to end this podcast. Mm. So assume good intentions, people. Go forth. Go with kindness. Good intentions. Do things that are nice and don't watch insatiable. There we go. Insatiable. Thank you, Amy. I've assumed your good intention. Ended on a happy note. (laughs) (laughs) So this has been the Millennial Divide. If you've liked what you've heard, subscribe in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also rate and review us or leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. We're at the Millennial Divide. Tell your friends. We'd love to hear from them. And we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.